December 21st, 2021, Sanhedrin Memdalid Second line from the top says the Gemara Hata Yisrael. If you recall, God turns to Yehoshua and talks about the sin of Achan. And instead of just saying something like Hata Ha'am, this nation has sinned, or as Rashi points out, or alternatively, Hata Ehad Min Ha'am, someone, a person from the nation has sinned. He says, Hata Yisrael, he uses the word Yisrael, and the understanding in turn of the Hachamim is, it's not referring to just the sin, it's also describing the nation and the individual after the sin, Afal Pisha Hata, even though, excuse me, Amar Bi Abba Bar Zavda, Afal Pisha Hata, Yisraelhu, even though they or he have sinned, they're still considered Yisrael. Their status of Yisrael is never lost. That states that a ger shetmal v'taval, a convert who both does milah and does tevilah, Yisraelhu lechol devarav, that individual is considered a Yisrael for all matters, says the Gemara, even if he tries to or she try, if she, it's not a milah, it's just a tevilah, even if they attempt to be hoser, to retract, to return to their ways of uh, Gentileness, uh, they no longer have that capability. Once they're Yisrael, they're Yisrael for entirety. Those are, this Gemara and that Gemara are the primary texts for this concept that we, generally speaking, accept in Judaism, that once you're a Jew, you can never lose that Jewishness. You can lose being a non-Jew by converting to Judaism, but as much as you'll attempt, the status of Yisrael will never leave you. As I mentioned yesterday, Maharash Dam has a very interesting teshuvah, very well-known teshuvah. He's living in Portugal in the 16th century, and he's dealing with people who were crypto-Jews, who weren't uh, admitting to their Jewishness. And he has to determine whether their status is as Yisrael or not. There are many ramifications. Now, fascinatingly, his direction from this Gemara is in the opposite than you'd expect. Whereas the Gemara tells you, Afapisha hata Yisraelhu, he says, well, pay, pay attention to the specific context over here. Over here, we're really only talking about one sin, one individual, and listen, it was a big sin to be mu'il baherim, to get benefit from spoils which you are sworn, uh, sworn off from you. Uh, but ultimately speaking, it's not a transgression of everything. Said Maharaj Dam, he says, that's in contrast to people who quite literally transgress the entirety of the Torah. If they transgress the entirety of the Torah, his bold claim is they've lost their claim to Jewishness, their status as Jews has been lost, it's been revoked. That's his claim based on this Gemara. Ironically, he points to this Gemara, and that's what he derives. It'll be so ironic, and he himself points it out, because from the ensuing lines of the Gemara, it's far from being a simple statement. As I mentioned yesterday, it's not a simple claim. It's using a Gemara, which is being Doresh, a story in Navi, and determining based on that major halachic issues, major determinations about whether these people, this individual is considered a Jew or not, from a dirashah in the Gemara, on the word Hata Yisrael, in a story about Achan. In fact, Rav Moshe finds in his Igrot, Moshe points this out, he says to use this as a text against that Gemara that I mentioned to you at the beginning of the class, in Masechet Yevamot and Daf Memvav, which is quite clearly and blatantly talking about Halacha, Ager, Shemal, Vetava, 
Amal, and that Gemara seems quite clear, you can't revoke your Jewishness. You might have issues with it, Maharashtam, but you're going to use this Gemara as a proof text in a halachic conversation. It's one of these Gemarot, one of these discussions that I very much enjoy uh, dealing with because there's always that debate, always that give and take. Whenever a agada is brought as sourcing for a halacha, for normative practice, there's always that debate. How much should we, or do we, or have we had that intersection between agada, the dirashot, the stories, the interpretations of the pesukim, and halacha? Generally speaking, we talk about Judaism, we want it to be synthesized. We want what I do in one circumstance to be the same as in another circumstance. Anytime I find that agada intersects with halacha, I get very excited. Anytime the poskim find it, they get a little bit nervous. They say, are we mixing apples and oranges? In fact, in terms of midrashim on pesukim in the Torah, uh, what might be known to you, but should, if it's not, should be known to you, is there's different types of midrashim. People here in today's day and age, the word midrash, everybody gets nervous. Midrash means stories, midrash means that way, midrash means me'am lo'ez, midrash, not so fast. Midrash, there are different types of midrashim. You see, the midrash that people are generally referring to, if they get nervous or excited, they're referring to what's called midrash agada. Midrash agada, by and large, is when it has the word next to it, rabbah. So you're dealing with bereshit rabbah, shemot rabbah, vayikra rabbah, bemidbar and of course, Devarim Rabban. Of course, you have it on many of the Nevim and Ketubim as well. Each of those Rabbas, the rabbis who are mentioned in this collection of books, we have it in the Midrash downstairs and the library downstairs, are Emoraim, the rabbis from the time of the Gemara, and that's Derashot. It's Derashot on the storylines, Derashot on the Pesukim, which uh, have extra words and they learn something, a good message, a Musar, and so forth. That's called Midrash Agada. But then, there's a whole corpus of Midrash which we learn consistently and daily in this class, it's quoted in the Gemara very often, which is called Midrash Halakha. There's no Midrash Halakha in Bereshit. I think you could guess why. Halakha in Bereshit, not so much. We're gonna deal with Berit Milah and Gid Hanasheh. There's no Midrash Halakha in Bereshit. On um, Shemot, you have what's called Mechilta. You may have heard that, you may have seen in Rashi, pay attention this week's parasha and onward, it's in Mechilta, that's Midrash Halakha to Shemot, it's Tanaim who are mentioned in it. On Vayikra we have what's called Sifra, Sifra means the book, or Torah Kohanim, two names for it. And then on Bemidbar and Devarim together it's Sifre, Sifre meaning the books. And in each of those you have Tanaim mentioned, but it's Midrash Halakha. Now if the Derasha that we were dealing with came from Midrash Halakha, it was in a Halakhic context, nobody would have any issue. Ramosha Feinstein couldn't have any claims on Maharashtam. If alternatively, as it is in our Gemara, it's coming in the context of Agada, that's when it's not so simple. It happens to be, however, this dirasha, as many have pointed out against Rav Moshe Feinstein, is used and was used historically by many of the poskim throughout the generations as a halachic text which is just fascinating, it's fantastic in my mind, I enjoy that very much, it means agada, it means what we talk about, the stories we tell have to be relevant to what we practice as well. Anyway, that all being the case, continues the Gemara Yisrael, what's that? Maybe that's the point. Sometimes, uh, hard to argue always, uh, many, many times you're gonna find things that are contrary to normative practice, and we shouldn't get nervous about it, we should say this is agada, it's a story I'm telling, which doesn't have normative ramifications, but you're right, sometimes. Oftentimes we assume they're to teach you how to think, Teach you how to think, teach you how to, how to practice in, in characteristics in Midot. Rabbi Abba says Rabbi Abba, commenting on that statement of Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda, he says, Hainu de Amre, might be the same Rabbi Abba, might be, as Hainu de Amre in Shay, he says, This is what people mean, it's similar to what people say. 
עשה דכאה בעיני חילפי עשה שמא. עשה זה הדס, you know, like the הדסים we have in the ארבעת המינים, מרדל, מרדל. דכאה בעיני חילפי, כאה means it's standing, בעיני means in between, like בין, it's, it's, it's standing in between. חילפי, חילפי רש"י over here gives us some, some old French word and the commentary says it's a reference to thorns. Elsewhere, if I'm not mistaken, Rashi writes it's aravot, you know, like the aravot and the ארבעת המינים. Irrespective, the point is when the hadas seems out of place, when it's surrounded by aravot or it's surrounded by thorns, what's its name? When you look at it, what do you say? You say that's asashime. It's still a hadas. In other words, you don't lose your name even when you've been enveloped and surrounded by others or other ways. And as a result, you look at this hadas, it's surrounded by a foreign forest of species. What is that? It's a hadas. So too, Yisrael, you've been hoteh, you've been surrounded yourself by actions, by involvements that you shouldn't be with. Nonetheless, Yisrael, who says the Gemara, Karule, excuse me, the Chalfei Asa Shemeh ve'asa Karule, it's still an Asa, and it's still known as an Asa. Continues the Gemara, and it quotes Pasuk in the context still of Achan, uh, prior to his re- revelation, prior to figuring it out. God speaking to Yeshua, and said to him, Hata Yisrael, first words in the Pasuk. Now listen to the ensuing words in the Pasuk. Ve'gam averu et biriti asher siviti otam, ve'gam lakechu menachirem, ve'gam ganevu, ve'gam kichashu, ve'gam samu bichlehem. There's the word ve'gam five times in this Pasuk, describing how they're mo'il bachirem. They wrongfully take and use the uh, the matters of Yericho, which Yeshua told them they're not allowed to use. They use them, vigam, vigam, vigam. They did all these things with them. Says the Gemara, you should know. Amar bi il'a mishum. Rabbi Yehuda bar misparta melamed she'avar achan al hamisha humshe Torah. She'ne'emar hamisha gam. Why does it say the gam five times? I know it describes nuanced uh, details with regards to the harem. This is, but more importantly, the fact that it's five and they needed to find in the story and in the pasuk five specific actions that were wrongful with regards to the me'ilaba harem. It's a reference, so to speak, to the entirety of the Torah. Pause for a second and realize and remember what I opened the class with. Maharashtam says, look at our Gemara. All Achan did was he was Mu'il Bahirim. That's why he's Israel. You and me, anyone else who goes off completely, we're no longer Israel. It was only Achan who did just Me'ila Bahirim. I said the continued lines of the Gemara saying Achan did a whole lot more than just Me'ila Bahirim. He was Mu'il. He went against the entirety of Hamisha Humshay Torah. Maharashtam deals with that. And Maharashtam says, oh, those continued lines of the Gemara? That's just Agada. That's an amazing line he has. He takes the first line to say that's halachically binding. The next part, that's his opinion in Agadah to determine. That's not peshuto shel mikra, vegam, vegam, vegam. Again, in contrast, and this just has to do with, you know, I guess intuition and uh, a subjective approach to it. He says, uh, Yisrael, that's uh, peshat. Everybody's going to agree to it. Vegam, vegam, vegam. Hamisha hamshet Torah. That's his own interpretation. You can see the Gemara challenges it. That's how he gets out of it. It's a hard sell. Says the Gemara, Moshech refers to a person who has berit milah but is embarrassed about exposing it. 
So as a result, they pull over their foreskin in order to conceal their birit milah. In the eyes of the rabbis in several places, this is worse than not having a birit milah. This is having the birit milah and scoffing and being embarrassed about it. Your Jewish identity, your covenantal identity, you're embarrassed about it, that's your issue, that's Moshech Be'olato. How do they know that he was Moshech Be'olato? He went above and beyond wrongful activity with the Herem Ketiv on the one hand says over here, the Gam Averu et Biriti. It's a reference to Am Yisrael, but more specifically to Achan. He's Over, he transgressed, he went over the Berit, the covenant, Uchtiv Hatam, and it says in Sefer Bereshit, at the initial Berit, et Bereti Hefar, Hefar, right? As the Pasuk says, a person who hasn't done Berit Milah, et Bereti Hefar, he has gone against my Berit, he's annulled my Berit. The truth is, the Gemara Masechit Yevamot has a derasha from this Pasuk of et Bereti Hefar, that that's a reference to a person who's Moshech Ba'olato. It's a person who not only didn't do Berit Milah, maybe he did Berit Milah, but now he conceals it. It's almost or it's fully as if he didn't do it. That's the derasha. It says it biriti over here. It says it biriti over there. It says, wait a second. Let me just collect myself. It means you took your foreskin, a person took their foreskin and pulled it over the top of their, their atara. And as a result, by pulling it up and up and up, it made it and brought it to the point where it's no longer physically discernible that they have a berit milah. I can't tell you how you would do that without surgically doing it. No, I'm telling two things. First of all, I can't tell you physically. I don't know. I'm not getting into that if I did even. But secondly, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how you wouldn't do it. You, you, you could do that not surgically. And maybe they always refer to it being surgically. You never do. I'm surprised. I never can. Never in the Hulk. Never in the Ma'am Loez. There's a discussion. There's a debate about Am Yisrael in Egypt, whether they were Moshech Ba'ulatam. The Hachamim talk about sometimes the most rotten and worst times of our existence when we were embarrassed to be Jews, but we had a Jewish identity appended to us already that we were, whether they mean it literally or not, we were trying to conceal it, trying to act like all the others. Of course, it runs contrary to all those other midrashim in Mitzrayim that we didn't change our clothing or names or all those sorts of things. But anyway, says the, says the Gemara Peshita. Wait a second, let me get this right, Rabbi. You told me, You told me just a moment ago that he went against Achan, five Chumshe Torah, means the entire Torah. Then a minute later, you told me, by the way, you should know he was Moshech Ba'olato. I have a Darashah in the Pesukim that's simple. If he went against Hamisha Hamshe Torah, included in the 613 Mitzvot, last time I checked, one of the first, is Berit Milah. Mahut says the Gemara, you would have perhaps thought to think the Mitzvah Gufeh La Pakar, Kamashma'lan. Uh, although Pakar, like Milashon Hefker, he distanced himself from it, although from all the Mitzvot he would distance himself from when it comes to Birit Milah, which is on his body, you would have perhaps thought he would draw the line there. Listen, it's on my body already. I'm not going to have to surgically change myself or pull myself in order to conceal it. I won't do the other 612. To that extent, that audacity, that embarrassment, that problem with self-identity, that far he would go, Kamash Ma'lan, that's the Hidush, the Dirasha, that he was even Moshech Bo'orlato. Furthermore, V'chi Asa Nevala Israel which literally means, and he or they uh, uh, committed nivala, means a travesty, a terrible act, be Yisrael. 
We saw that word not too long ago in the story of Dina in the Torah. Amar bi'abba bar zavda melamed sheba'al achan araham orasa. Uh, we learned from this that uh, Achan had relations with a Na'aram Ma'orasa. Na'aram, of course, is a woman who's between the age of 12 and 12 and a half, and she doesn't have, she's still not fully matured. That's a Na'aram in halachic terminology. Ma'orasa means erusin is identical to the word kiddushin. She's engaged. Uh, once upon a time, we would, uh, we would separate true halachic engagement from nisuin, which is true halachic marriage. Today, we do it all under the chuppah. Now, the Torah in Parashat Kitese describes a woman who either is raped or has relations when she's a na'aram orasa, when she's this. And at that stage, generally speaking, you look at it as the most inappropriate. Here's a person who's really in between. She's committed to another person. She's kind of still living in her father's household. And now she's either cheating or being being raped, it's a very vulnerable stage. As a result, says the Gemara, Achan takes advantage, is involved with the woman as well when she's an Aram Rasa. How do you know? Ketiv Achan. On the one hand, Achan means over here, the Pasuk says by Achan, Vechi Asa Nevalas, Pasuk we just read. Uchtiv Hatam, and the Pasuk says in Parashat, Kitese Ki Aseta Nevala Bi Israel, in the context of this woman who cheated on her will be husband, Pasuk says, she did a nevala be Israel. It's a terrible thing. She committed herself to him. She hasn't even gotten involved with him and she's already sleeping with someone else. The same word nevala, that unique word is used in both places. We learn that Achan, either literally or figuratively, had relations with a na'aram orasa, says the Gemara Peshita. the same question. If he went against 612 plus one mitzvot already, he went against the whole thing. What would make you think that na'arah ma'orasa would be any different? You told me, vegam, 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 five times tells me, he transgressed. Of course he went against na'arah ma'orasa, it's one of the 613. Mahu perhaps you would have thought to say, kulehai, Says the Gemara, you would have perhaps thought to say kule means all, hai means this. All this, in other words, that far, he didn't let himself go. The hidush is that he did even that. Which means to say, we've met sinners and then we've met sinners. So in other words, the Gemara says, you maybe would have thought he was a sinner. A bad sinner, a sinner who went after his lust, after his desires, his hedonistic drives. And uh, that far to be uh, spiteful, to do things that are immoral and so wrong, na'aram orasat, that far, the hidush is even that. It's in addition to it, because part of those vigams was biriti, and what the next gam, another gam is nevalat, another. It's like detracting from the, from the final story. So we need a Public or private. Right. That he's very good at, at his craft. Right. So, of course, the, the answer needs to be one of two. Either, yeah, it was in privacy, or alternatively, each of these subsequent descriptions are not meant to be taken, or they're not meant to be taken literally. In other words, the. No, I got you. They're asking from a practical standpoint. How could people have not known Achan was a sinner? But, no, I didn't. I didn't question. So, 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 so,
Again, unless they're describing his personality, his character. This is a person who would have come to it, so to speak. Keep in mind, we're, we're going to kill him just about this. Ravina seems to be disagreeing, although he's not explicit, and saying it's not that he actually was but rather the reason we're invoking mention or hint of reference to is to tell you that his punishment is tantamount to the severity of someone who has relations with the Torah says that individual gets skila, generally speaking uh, illicit relationships gets different punishments, over here it's Skila. I mean, see the serifa in one circumstance, or Hanuk says the Gemara Amar le, and that's in fact what happens to Achan. So in other words, his statement is the the, the likening him to Naaram or Asas to tell you the severity of his punishment. Exactly. Amar le Resh Galuta le Ravuna. The Resh Galuta, again, was the head exilarch, the person who was both politically but somewhat religiously involved with the Jewish community in Bavel for some years, says to Ravuna, he says, on the one hand, Ketiv Vaikach Yoshua et Achan. Ben Zerah, Vet Akesef, Vet Aderet, Vet Lishon Azahav, Vet Banavet, Benotavet, Chorovet, Hamorovet, Sonovet, Aholo, Vet Kol Hashelo. Pasuk says Yahshua takes all of these individuals and all of his property. It mentions spe- several specific details with regards to his property, but it mentions in addition to Achan, his wife and his children. Now, his wife and his children is what's going to be bother- bothering this, uh, this uh, Resh Galutai says, Imhu Hata. Granted, this guy, not, not a great guy, either Hamishachum Torah, at the very least, at the very least, he's Mu'il Bahirim, he's sin. Banavu Benotav Mehatu. What Hashem punished all of Israel because he did this. So for sure his family should be taken down. And besides, he's giving them the money that he stole. We, we said they stole. knew. As a matter of fact, they, there is an alternative midrash, as, as I saw this morning, which suggests that, contrary to the answer over here, which is going to say that they don't die, they did die because, yeah, they knew and they enjoyed it. And that's, that's the answer over there, which both of you would be very happy with. Alternatively, the Gemara over here is going to assume they're not fully liable, so they knew. So Yisrael are getting punished and they're losing wars and they're losing that special merit. Are we going to, 36, are we going to specifically go out of our way to kill his family members as well? Over there, it was almost a natural, natural circumstance. They went and they fought a war. Over here, we're going to exact the lives of his, his children and his wife. This no. is unprecedented. No, it's 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 that's right. That's that's the answer in Pekedir Bili Aizah. No, you, the, the closest the closest you have is at Eid Hanidahat. Eid Hanidahat is when an entire city is Oved Abu Dazara. You burn all the property, very similar to what we're doing in microcosmic fashion with uh, with Achan. You burn all the property, you take all the children, wives, and men, and you kill them. Now over there, there's a tremendous debate about the children. How are you killing these children? Now the question is, and this is again a debate, whether the children were also Oved Avodah Zarah. Now generally speaking, a child who's Oved Avodah Zarah, you're not going to kill. But maybe the exception to the rule is, by Ayyad since he was Oved Avodah Zarah, you put him to death. That he didn't do anything and you're putting him to death is a difficult claim. There is an opinion out there, but that's the only circumstance you'll have it. The Gemara is suggesting you have that over here. Uh, Morris and Judah are very comfortable with this. Pekeder Biliezer is comfortable with it. 
it. Our Gemara is not. Amar le responds Ravuna to Resh Galuta. Ule ta'amich. And according to your logic, did you read the next words in the Pasuk? Because the next words in the Pasuk didn't just say that they took his property and his children and his wife. It said, V'chol Yisraeli the Pasuk says in the next words that all of Yisrael were a part of this. I don't understand. If you're reading this Pasuk in that literal fashion that his wife and children were killed together with him, so then are you understanding that all of Yisrael were killed as well? And if you are accepting that, then why are you so bothered about his wife and children, not about all of Yisrael? If his wife and children didn't sin and they're getting punished, are Yisrael also? They didn't sin. Ela, rather, the suggestion of Rav Resh is the reference in the Pasuk of taking them out, Kol Yisrael, together with Ishto Ubanav, was not to say that they would be killed. Achan was killed and his property was destroyed. But Achan was killed as opposed to the others. The others were to be there nonetheless. Ela leradotam. Literally means to torture, to scare in our context. You have Lerdototam Bifarech in Mitzrayim. It's the torture. They're going to have to watch. They're going to have to see it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's tantamount to death, but I'm saying it is going to instill a certain fear within them as Rashi portrays this. So we did even more. Lerdota means we do even more, not only to Am Yisrael, but to every individual in the family. Lerdota says Rashi, Shiyiru et kilkulo. They should see his downfall. Viyizaharu be'atzman v'lo yosifulim al baherim, and it'll teach them. It's the same. Uh, those words in the ensuing lines. Yeah. Yes, I tell Yeah, but it does say all the things that they take with him. Yeah, so I'll tell you how they'll answer that. I, I understand. Teddy says, it says, otam, you'll say, is all of his property is going to be burned, as the Gemara will make clear and say, otam, he says this in plural, if I'm telling you it's only Achan, who's otam? The answer is going to have to be, although I'm not certain about this, it's kol asherlo, kol refers to his slaves as well. Just like you have it by Abraham and Lot, right? Whatever. is a reference to the slaves and so forth. You'll refer to them sometimes as Kol Asher Lot, and they as well, like his property, are going to be killed. Again, the pasuk says they both. It appears to be burn and stone them. Bitarte says the Gemara. Did you really uh, do it with two? Amaravina, not really two. You didn't stone and burn. Rather, what you did is harauy lisrefa lisrefa harauy liskila liskila. Matters which were appropriate to be burned. Says Rashi. Kesef zahav begadim. Uh, what's that? Silver and gold and, and, and clothing. That's what was burnt. says Rashi. Who shoro? There's your answer, Teddy. Shoro ubehemotav. Okay, so chorol behemotav. Forget about me. I'm giving you slaves. It's his animals. His animals got sikila. They didn't get burnt. Those were those were stoned, and that's the plural in the pasuk. Okay, the pasuk the pasuk says further furthermore, with regards to what was taken. Um, this is Achan speaking. Vaere bashalal. I saw in the spoils aderet shinar ahat toba. And so forth. So the pasuk talks about the pasuk talks about aderet shinar of some sorts, 
some sort of cloak. And then it says, and uh, 200 uh, shekel kesef. is a description of the spoils of Yericho. Rav wants to understand the mahlok, and now will be, what sort of aderet is this? We have the word aderet in several places in Torah and in Navi, uh, most specifically by Eliyahu. Eliyahu and Navi had a very important aderet, a cloak with which he would adorn himself and wear. Well, what's the significance of this aderet? The Gemara has two opinions. It's de milata, is the opinion of Rav. Ushmuel amar sarvela de sarifa. What are each of these things? Rashi helps us a little bit. Maybe your translations help you even more. It's de la de milata, says Rashi. It's some sort of very fine fur, which was never white wool, never blemished. It was never dirtied. It's elsewhere described, if I remember correctly. The mother from when that calf comes out is licking it clean throughout. It never got dirty. It's a very, very fine fur. Okay, Shmuel Kashmir, <laughs> if you will. I'm sorry, wow. I'm going to ask Kashmir is going to take on a whole new uh, perspective for me. Sarbela de Sarifa. Sarbela de Sarifa. Sarifa explains Rashi is some sort of dye. And as a result... Die with alum. With alum. And sarbela means, I have no idea, me neither. Uh, sarbela refers to an upper cloak, so it's some sort of upper clothing which was dined with, uh, dyed with this fine dye, alum. Vayasikum lifnei Adonai, the Pasuk says, and they, uh, they bring them forth in front of God. Well, they really torture them in front of God, but says the Pasuk, uh, says the Gemara, Amarav Nachman, Bavehavatam lifnei hamakom. We learn from this Pasuk of him torturing them, this being Yehoshua, in front of God, that Yehoshua brought all of this property, all of this rechush, all of this kefzahav, and he throws it down, lahabot, like chibut arava, he throws it down in front of God. Amal he turns to God and he exclaims, Ribono shel olam, al elu tehareg rubashil sanhedrin. It's based on these because of these, because of some gold, some silver, a fancy cloak, that's why you're killing the majority of the Sanhedrin? Hazuk says that the eye killed from Am Yisrael 36 people. Of course, 71 divided by 2 is 35 and a half. 36 is the majority of Sanhedrin. Because of taking some extra flus, that's why he killed us. Vitanya, again, this is a claim of Yahshua to God, which the Gemara, not today, will deal with. Was this appropriate? Was it inappropriate to speak like that to God to make that claim? Vitanya, Shloshim Veshesha Mamash, Divrer Biuda. What's this number 36? First opinion of Biuda says, yeah, that's right. 36 people died in war against the the Pasuk doesn't say 36. The Pasuk says, like 36. What does it mean? It was like 36. Was it 35 and a half? Was it 37? So just say the number it was. The reference instead is an important person, an important person who is uh, scaled, who in weight and importance is like the majority of Sanhedrin. Who was that? Yair ben Menashe, an important shofet from those time, from a little bit after that time period, but around that time period. That's who was perished, that's who perished at that war. So as a result, the suggestion of the Gemara is that reconstructing what Yahushua does, he takes all the stuff and he angrily throws it down in front of God and says, God, because of this? Seriously? That's how you treated us? That's how you treated more specifically, according to this opinion, Ya'ir ben Menashe? Were we, was he deservant of that punishment of death because someone took a little bit of spoils of war? Baruch Amen v'amen.